Hello, people with a dog. This is the With a Dog podcast, and this is an FYI Friday episode, the first one ever. I've been meaning to do these types of episodes for quite a while, and basically the whole premise is it's a short informational episode just about something in particular that relates to your dog's care, health, behavior, etc. And it's usually topics that I don't need to bring on a guest for because it is kind of basic information. However, sometimes this info is a little hard to find and know what is factual and what's not online. So I do the research for you. I confirm it with my own pet industry experience and also confirm it with other veterinarians, trainers, whoever I need to record it and give it all to you. So let's just jump into this episode. Today is all about microchips. I'm going to run you through what they are, how it relates to your dogs, and how it works in a real life scenario. All right, so first things first, what are they? A microchip is a radio frequency identification implant. It is a very small implant. It's about the size of a grain of rice, and it carries a unique identification number that is specific to that chip. Therefore, when that chip is inserted into a dog, that identification number becomes specific to that dog. There's no battery, there's no power required, no moving parts. It is a very simple, small little thing that sits inside of your dog's body. It is not a GPS. It is not a tracking device. I definitely, when I first got my dog, that's what I thought it was. That's not how it works. It is purely that this little chip contains an identification number. When the chip is scanned with the correct scanner, it transmits that ID number to the scanner and then use that ID number to get more information on the dog. Okay, so that's what it is. Now, how does it get into the dog's body and how is it usable? So the microchip is injected under the loose skin between your dog's shoulder blades It can be done in a vet's office. It's not any more invasive than like a vaccination. It's very, very small. I myself have microchipped many dogs and cats when I worked at the shelter. You would intake them. If they didn't already have a chip, we would insert one then and there. It's not hard to do. However, most microchips are inserted at the time of a spay or neuter or when the dog is like under anesthesia just because it is a larger insertion. So it can be a little bit more painful than a vaccination for some dogs and cats, but it's also very, very quick and it heals very quickly too. So it doesn't need to be done under anesthesia at all. As I said, I've done many where the dog was just intaken into the shelter, give them their vaccines and their microchip and then send them on their way back into the kennel. So that's how it kind of gets in the dog. However, you as the dog parent need to be the authority on this. So if you adopt a dog from a shelter, they often have already microchipped the dogs, and then that microchip is registered to that shelter. Some rescues or shelters will offer to register the microchip to your name. Others will just give you the information and require you to do it once you've taken them home. Some of them won't microchip at all. So if you're adopting a dog, always ask if they've been microchipped and who the microchip is registered to. Make sure you get the identification number and the company. I'll go into that more in a little bit. 
ask for all the info so then you can go home and register that microchip to yourself, thus registering the dog to yourself. And a quick backtrack, some dogs do come in with a microchip already. If you are adopting that dog, the shelter or rescue has already looked into to see if that dog is registered to a certain person. They were not, and therefore that's why they were up for adoption. So I wouldn't worry like, oh my God, my dog I just adopted already had a microchip. He belongs to someone. Maybe he did, he or she did belong to another family in their past, but their microchip was either not registered or not updated. The shelter rescue waited the legal amount of time and attempted to contact this previous owner before they would ever put the dog up for adoption. So rest assured with that, all you have to do is then just change the registration to yourself. You may need to provide the proof of adoption to the, the company that you're registering it with, but that's just like how you do it for there. It's, it's very simple. If you're getting your dog from a breeder, same thing. Some breeders will have the puppy microchipped already and have it registered to themselves as the breeder. Some will say, no, do it at the time of spay or neuter. Some just say, nope, I haven't done that at all. It's up to you, which is totally fine. I don't think it's a red flag if a breeder doesn't microchip. I do think it is a red flag if the breeder microchips and requires the microchip to always be registered to them instead of yourself. Personally, that's just a red flag for me. I understand the breeder always wants to know that their dogs are safe, which is great. However, me as a dog parent, I always want my dog registered to me personally. I want to have control over that. So then let's say your puppy that you just got from the breeder is not microchipped. You as the dog parent are in charge of making sure the chip is inserted at your vet office Many vet offices have some kind of little like puppy plan or something where it's all included. Just make sure that's something that you touch upon when you bring them in for their first puppy vaccinations. I would do it sooner than later because I know sometimes you don't spay or neuter until the puppy's like 18 months old. So personally, I would do it sooner. I would just have them do it at the time of vaccinations. And then it's also the same thing at the vet. Some veterinarian offices offer to register the microchip for you in your name and everything, or they'll just give you the info, the company info, and say, you register it yourself. There's not a good or a bad way. You just have to make sure that it's done. Okay, so I keep alluding to microchips and registrations and companies. I'm going to tell you how to get your microchip registered to you. So how to get your dog's microchip registered to you. So let's say whether you got your dog from a breeder, from a rescue, you inherited the dog. However, your dog is chipped. Your dog has a microchip in their body. Now you need to register it or you need to make sure it is registered with your contact information. And this is the this is by far the hardest and weirdest part of this process. I wish there was just one company that managed all of the microchips in the world, but there's not. There are different companies. <coughs> Capitalism, excuse me. Usually, one company is not better than the other as far as the actual technology of the microchip. That will work. However, different registries offer different services. So, by different registries, I mean the chip is created, manufactured, then one company, I'm going to use Home Again Pet Microchip 
as the example, because they are one of the main companies out there, home again, then sells those microchips to the vet offices, to the shelters. So that chip, that identification number belongs to home again. So when you need to go register your information, you go to homeagain.com and you register your information with home again. So you're registering your info with a specific company and that company owns the microchip that is now inside your dog's body. I'm trying to be very clear on all of this because I know it can get very confusing. So back to the different registries, the different companies. They all offer some different services. Every single one should offer the basic ability to register your info to match with your dog's microchip number. And that should either be free or maybe a one-time charge like for the microchip because you you purchase the microchip from your vet office. Let's say it's like 30 bucks for the insertion and for the microchip itself. That should also include the ability to register your info. If you need to update your info during the course of your dog's life, which makes sense, your phone number changes, whatever. Sometimes there is an additional fee for that. You know, maybe they're going to charge you an extra 10 bucks to update it. That's fine. That's what it costs. It is what it is. However, some companies offer a yearly subscription that includes things like pet insurance or additional info that can show if your dog has specific medical needs or a lost pet alert, which like broadcasts your dog's information to vets, shelters, volunteers in your in the area if your dog gets lost. In my personal opinion, I don't think you need to have all of the extra subscription stuff unless you know that your dog is like a flight risk or you live in some kind of insecure situation that you know that they would get lost easily maybe. As I said, just the ability to register your name, your phone number, your dog's name, and if they have specific medical issues, all of that info to be registered with the microchip should be free or a one-time fee. It should not cost you something every single year. It should not be a yearly charge. So as I said, it's completely up to you if you sign up for any additional services or subscriptions. Some of the top microchip companies are Home Again, 24 Pet Watch, Homeward Bound, PetLink, AKC Reunite, Avid, Rescue, and Allflex. If your dog has a microchip that is not owned by one of the companies that I just mentioned, that's completely fine. There's a lot more out there. Those are just some of the top ones I know from from being in the pet industry. Okay, I think that's all of it as far as how it works, what you need to do. As I said, it's a little chip inside your dog's body. When that chip is scanned, it comes up with a number. That number applies to a specific company, a specific registry. And then at that registry, at that website, they have your info and your dog's info on file so that you guys can be reunited. And it is up to you as the pet parent to make sure that your info is registered to that microchip and is on file with that company. All right, so I'm going to run you through a quick scenario. Let's say you're on a road trip, your dog jumps out of the car at a rest stop because... 
Because that happens, just like we talked about in our road trip episode a couple weeks ago, your dog takes off and you're like, oh, crap, my dog is now lost. What you can do is you call your microchip company. So let's say it's home again. and You say, hey, my dog is lost. Can you note that on our file that I am reporting Fluffy as lost? They'll say, okay, great. You know, they'll offer you the service to send out that like lost pet alert, like I mentioned of, you know, flyers to local shelters and vet offices. You can choose to do that or not. Personally, in my experience at a vet office and shelter, I think once we had a dog that we had gotten the flyer emailed and it actually matched up with the dog that came in. So it can work. Usually, in my experience, it did not. Like we just had a stack of flyers. What's going to be more reliable is that microchip number, more so than just a flyer with your dog's picture on it being faxed out amongst a bunch of other ones to vet offices and shelters every day. So you register your dog is lost. Make sure that your info is correct with home again. And that's what you do on that side of the microchip part. On the dog's end, so let's say I am working at a shelter and or a vet office and this new dog comes in. It is standard procedure to immediately scan any dog that comes in with the microchip scanner to see if they have a microchip. Now, A little thing to note is that, as I said, a microchip is like a radio frequency implant. So different scanners can pick up different radio frequencies. There is an international like standard frequency. And that one is great if your microchip is that standard frequency because then internationally it will be able to function internationally. So when I moved from Seattle to London with Lupin, I had to make sure that his microchip was the correct frequency for international standards. And it was, so we're all good. Honestly, I don't think you need to worry too much about that because there are different types of scanners. So you have to worry about it if you're moving internationally with your dog. Not so much if you are local to the US and your dog probably always will be in North America. And that's because there's different types of scanners. So there are forward and backward facing scanners and it scans a wider range of frequencies. So usually that will pick it up no matter what. However, both at the vet office I worked at and at the shelter, we had multiple scanners. So we would try, like we would grab all three and try with all three scanners to see if a microchip was picked up. If it was picked up on the first one, then great. Don't have to try the other two. But we would always try all the scanners just in case it had a odd frequency or something. And when I say scanner, It's a handheld scanner that you just run across the whole dog's body. It Usually the microchips, as I said, are inserted between the shoulder blades, but they can migrate throughout the dog's body. Lupin's is like down in his arm now. I found it in at the base of a dog's tail before. So we do need to check the entire body with the scanner. And you kind of do need to run the scanner along the whole body too. It's not just like if you're near the dog, it'll beep. So, yay, Fluffy is microchipped. This dog at the shelter I just found is microchipped. I found the number with the scanner. And you may say, okay, Carly, you have the chip now, like you have the number, but you don't know what company it's registered to. And that is why, thankfully, there are databases out there that have all of the microchip numbers, no matter what company 
that microchip belongs to. There's a database that you can type in that number into the search and it'll show up and it'll say, oh, this number belongs to home again. So I have all the info in the show notes, but it's microchip. If you just Google microchip search AAHA.org, it'll show up with that database. It is different in other countries. I think it's called like pet address in Australia and check a chip in the UK. All right. So I typed in the number into the microchip database. It shows up. Yes, this belongs to home again. I then contact home again, or maybe like an they have an online feature. I type in the microchip number. I say, yes, I have a found dog. Here's their number. Home again says, oh my gosh, that is so great. That dog was just reported lost a couple hours ago. Here's the contact info for the owner. I say, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I'm so happy. I call the owner. I call you and I say, I have Fluffy here with me. Can you come pick him up? So that is the scenario that how microchips are supposed to work. What often happens is that the microchip is not updated, is not registered with your information. So the pitfalls kind of of the microchip situation and of this scenario is maybe the place they're taken doesn't have a universal scanner. As I said, they should, you know, if they're if they're a regular vet office or shelter, anything like they definitely should. If for whatever reason the microchip doesn't show up in the database, then that's an issue as well. And most importantly, if your info isn't correct and up to date with the company. So what can you do as the dog parent? This is, I'm rounding out this episode, guys. This is your message. I told you how everything works. You as the dog parent are responsible to know what company your microchip belongs to, have your updated info on file with that company. And when I say updated, I mean, don't be like, oh, I'm just going to give them like my old email address because like I don't want them to have my info. No, this is if your dog is lost, you want your direct cell phone number, maybe your mom's cell phone number and your partner's and like you can put a few numbers on file. So you can also put your address, I think. So I would put it all I don't care if my info is out there. I am registering my updated cell phone number, partner's cell phone number, my address, and pertinent info about my dog. My dog's name is Lupin. He's an 11-year-old American foxhound. He has Addison's disease. So if your dog is diabetic or anything like that, put that info on there. So, So that's number one. And that is top, top priority with the microchip. You know they're registered with home again. You have their microchip number. And you know that your info is up to date and registered with Home Again or whatever company. As I said, I'm just using Home Again as an example. Number two, this is just kind of like a nice thing to do and a top tip. If you're in America, go on to aaha.org microchip search, type in your dog's microchip number and make sure that it does say, oh yeah, they are with Home Again or PetLink or whatever company they should be with. That's just like an extra just in case kind of thing. But as I said, main thing, get your info always up to date. Always, always up to date. If you move, if your number changes, whatever, update the microchip. All right, guys, that is everything. That's all the info I have. If you have any questions at all, definitely send me a DM. I'm more than happy to help. And if you want to follow the podcast, it's at With A Dog Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We'll see you next week on With a Dog Wednesday. Bye.
All content on the With A Dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only. It should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.